Welcome to The Word This Week, where we believe that the Bible is more than just words on a page. They are the words we live by, and it's pretty cool too. We invite you to join us as we read through the Bible together this year. Welcome back to The Word This Week. I'm your host, Brian Vaughn, and this is episode 32. And if you're just joining us for the first time, as a church body, we've been reading through the Bible together. We're doing that in chronological order. We are at the point in the readings, we're in the middle of the prophet Jeremiah. Uh, We talk a lot about, or read a lot about, the King Josiah and um, kind of the reforms that that he's bringing to the nation of Judah, the southern kingdom of Judah. Uh, the prophet Habakkuk is in there and, and lots of other things. And joining me today is my friend Josiah Fox. Hi, Josiah. Hey, what's up, Brian? How you doing? doing um, hey, just as we're jumping in, man, what, what are some things the Lord's been teaching you lately as you walking with him? The biggest thing lately for me has just been humility learning to to trust him even when it's super uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, whether that's with who I am or how I respond to things or what's happening yeah. in my life or things that are out of my control that don't mm-hmm. necessarily affect my daily living but I don't enjoy but just learning about what does it really look like to sit and, and trust the Lord with my life yeah whether I can control it or not right yeah I definitely can commiserate was the word that came to mind there. Uh, definitely identify with that too. Uh, and as you're talking, the the word contentment kind of came to mind. Yeah. Uh, talking about trusting, you yeah. know. Like a weaned child with its mother. Yeah. It's my soul within me. From Psalm 131? 31? 131? I thought it was 33. Maybe 133. Psalm, okay. Somewhere but. around there. 131, 133. Someone can Psalm fact, of Ascent. Fact check us and let us if know. you get bored sometime, read the Psalms of Ascent. <laughs> yes. They're beautiful. They are. Uh, and short. Yeah. And we talked we talked about some of those uh, yeah. in the podcast earlier this year. It's crazy to think as we've been reading how far into this we are. And yet the last time I read through the Bible, I was thinking about the prophet Jeremiah. And it took me, it felt like it took forever to get through it. It's the longest book of the Bible. Yeah. And People think it's Psalms, but Psalms just has more chapters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has the most chapters, but Jeremiah is the... By word count, the Jeremiah word is count. the longest. Yeah. So it's so it, maybe so maybe that's a legit feel, feeling. <laughs> yes. If you feel like Jeremiah takes forever, it's because it does. It's because it does. Um, I remember the last time I was just, I just wanted to get through it. I was like, ugh. But uh, this time through, I've seen a lot more beauty in it, I think. And... Um, just continuing to see God's character uh, throughout the book. And so I've enjoyed it much more, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's right or wrong to say uh, I've enjoyed it or I haven't enjoyed it or whatever, but, you know, yeah. I, I think it's just a testimony to how it doesn't matter how many times we read through the scriptures, God can illuminate yeah. something fresh for you, you know. Yeah. Uh, so thinking about some of the things that we've been reading uh over this week, uh, what are some things that, that jumped off the page to you? The thing that captured me the most was how much of the part of the biblical story we're in lines up with so much of the beginning mm-hmm. of the biblical story. So, Explain what you mean by the biblical story. This narrative. So the, the Bible is a beautiful library mm-hmm. made up of different books 
that have different authors and genres or from different historical periods. And they come together to tell one unified story about the God of the universe and his longing to reconcile humanity to himself and the ways in which he does that. And so that's what I have in mind as I picture the biblical story is this timeline of the brokenness of humanity and the compassion and love and justice and consistency mm-hmm. of a good God yeah. who created everything and his longing to be in relationship with us. Yeah. Where we're reading in that story right. is how he's partnered with a nation. He's rescued a nation mm-hmm. out of slavery through the waters. Yep. And that nation is, is Israel. Is Israel. Yep. And he's chosen them to be his nation of priests and they haven't been the biggest fans of that. So in that, he's appointed kings when he was supposed to be their king. And yep. the kings have done all right at first, then terrible, <laughs> and continue to do terrible. And now we're at this point where the nation of Israel has become just like all the other nations that God had rescued them and set them apart from. Yeah. Jeremiah keeps saying, they, uh, you've rejected the word of the Lord and decided instead to follow uh, the stubbornness of your heart. Yeah. For me, as I've been reading through that and using a lot of that, seeing a lot of that language, I've been thinking a lot about Genesis one through 11 mm-hmm. and how God makes humanity, puts them in the garden and gives them the choice where they can choose to uh, eat of, of the tree of knowing good and bad, where they can define wisdom for themselves or they could eat of this tree of life and enter into this covenant relationship with the God of creation and share in his rule and reign. Yeah. And they reject it. And, and that was his, his intent, his hope for them, would that they would join, walk with him. Yes. Yeah. And, and be in that. But he, yet he, he did set it up to where they had the choice to do that. There seems to be, in God's sovereignty, he creates space for humanity to choose. Mm-hmm. And we see that continue to play out as they, as Adam and Eve reject God and then their children through Cain and Abel, they reject God and Cain murders the innocent mm-hmm. and the blood of the innocent cries out to God, which is this language used a lot in Jeremiah about innocent, the, the poor and the oppressed and the widow being mistreated by Israel and her leaders. What happens is Cain gets sent. This is Genesis chapter four and five. He gets sent east of Eden. Mm-hmm. And the question becomes, well, what is what happens to a humanity that's rejected God, but has still been given the command to work and keep yeah. the world that God's given them? And instead of cultivating uh, garden cities, Eden cities, they create civilizations and cities of bloodshed. And they're out of the city that Cain uh, builds. There's this guy named Lamech who comes out and brags about the people he's murdered and yeah. and killing children just because they bumped into him in the street and great upstanding yeah, citizen. Yeah, yeah. And, and and demands that if God forgave Cain seven times, he'd have to forgive yeah. him seventy times. And can can you imagine that? Just that kind of pride. Oh yeah, like you're supposed to read it and go, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> who are you? Yeah. Um, and so you just see that it creates chaos and and the generation after this is where you get a lineage and people are kind of like oh gosh a bunch of names mm-hmm. but when you read it 
what's happening is there's you're seeing the perpetuation of someone else's sin. Mm-hmm. That generation after generation did not turn, right? But built on on the on their father's rebellion. Yeah, and and they did what was right in their own eyes. Yeah, until it built Genesis into 6. a a cosmic problem. Yeah, and by cosmic, I mean that it it uh, it affected the, the entire area that they inhabited. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a problem with their household or a problem with their city. It became a problem for the entire area that was known to them. Right. And, and then there becomes a cosmic response. So in Genesis one through six, that cosmic response by God is a flood, but he rescues one through the waters Mm -hmm. as a remnant. And it's, um, he, he ruins the land because humanity had already ruined it. He sped up the evil they had done and gave them up to what they desired. And that cycle starts again in 6 to 11. Noah and his family have the opportunity to walk with God and And follow his word. And one generation sins. Right there. Then the next generation sins, and then we get a long lineage. Mm -hmm. In chapter 10, it's called the Table of Nations. There's 70 nations. There's a guy um, in there that ends up being the founder of Babylon, Nineveh, and a bunch of these other nations that are to the east. Yeah. And the problem becomes they are cities of bloodshed. Like anything we, as we read the biblical story, like Babylon isn't good. Nineveh isn't good. Right. And the next chapter is chapter 11 and it's the Tower of Babel, which is the only, Babel in that chapter is the only place in the entirety of scripture that the word for Babylon is translated as Babel. Yeah. And there's a scattering of the nations from that place because... And again, a confusion of languages yes, at that point too. Yeah. yeah, because humanity was united like they're supposed to be, but instead of united to build garden cities, united to bring Eden, they're united to bring uh, the destruction of their hearts yeah. and oppression and to, to exalt themselves as gods over creation. Instead of exalting... God, creator, God, just acknowledging right. that God was who he was. And so in Jeremiah, what I saw a lot, and even in our reading between Kings and Chronicles and, and what's happening mm-hmm. in this place of the biblical story is that Israel is in that same place again. The people that God created a covenant relationship with that he chose and set apart in their freedom to choose, they've utterly rejected God and perpetuated the sin of their fathers for generation after generation after generation to the point that God has to respond on a cosmic level right? because their influence has become cosmic. And for them, that looked like exile. Yeah. And he gets, they get rejected from the land. If you go read Jeremiah, underline every time he says the land and you're like, just grab whatever, a green highlighter and your whole Bible for the book of Jeremiah will just have green. Every time he says the land and mentions plants, it'll, it'll just, you'll flip through and it'll just right. be green on every page. And so much of their identity had to do with the promises that God had made to Abraham and yeah. to, to Isaac, to Jacob, and eventually to Moses and then to David about yeah. this land that was their home where they were 
able to flourish as a nation. Yeah, they're called their inheritance. Right. Is their inheritance of, it's what they got from their relationship with God, was that he gave them a land to work and keep and turn into Eden and build cities in and to cultivate a civilization of Eden that intercedes on behalf of the nations. And instead it's an entire civilization of bloodshed and oppression and destruction. And Jeremiah is calling them out on it. Yeah. Like they are still coming in and checking their boxes of worship. Um, they still had prophets and priests and Kings and all the things that God told them to set up, but in their hearts, they were evil. And, and, and Jeremiah says, you don't think God knows. Yeah. He says, you don't need this outward circumcision. You need a circumcision of the heart. That to me, as I've been reading, just to see the consistency of God's character, that the people who really are God's people are the people who choose to follow him mm-hmm. and follow his ways. And, and, and his word and yes. love his word. Yeah. And there's so much language in the whole of the biblical story, but especially in Jeremiah about who you're following, the way you're walking, where you're headed, the path you're on, and and how your heart looks because of that, and that how that's a reflection of your heart. Right. In reading that, that's really what stuck out to me the most, and and seeing that part of the biblical story, and just thinking about, well, how am I living? Yeah. How am I walking and following God in a way that brings Eden to where I'm at, and isn't perpetuating the sins of the community I'm in. Right. or the sins of uh, my family or perpetuating the things I've been given that I don't enjoy, yeah. um, but instead letting God change my heart and change who I am at my core, not just change my actions, but that I would say like, okay, I struggle with bitterness. And instead of, well, I'll just won't act on that bitterness, mm-hmm. but saying, God, you see my heart. Would you change it? Yeah. Would you set me free would and make me more me of that? Yes. At Jeremiah, even at one point says, you wash yourselves, but your hearts are not clean. Mm-hmm. Which sounds a lot like Jesus. Yes. Dude, Jesus <laughs> goes his, his off yeah. with this language from the prophets. And right. Yeah. So that's just a lot of what I was sitting on and, and thinking about this week of how Israel just perpetuated the story. And with each generation, God gave them the opportunity. And a lot of that reflects this statement about God in Exodus 34, about he is he is uh, slow to be wrathful. Yeah. He is full of steadfast love and faithfulness and kindness and mercy. And he forgives the sins of people who turn and follow him. Yep. But to those who want to rebel against him, he, he, he has to bring judgment. And, and the word that Jesus uses for that is repentance, right? Yeah. Repent. That was, that was his message when he came on the scene. That, hey, the kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it, and, and Jeremiah uses the same language of mm-hmm. repent, turn. Why do you keep turning your back on God? No. Why do you say this thing, but your heart is turned another mm-hmm. way? And so it's just for me, a deep reflection about who are we becoming and, and how are we letting God change who we are versus just tinkering with our hearts mm-hmm. and perpetuating the sins of generations before us and saying it's okay just because that's the way it's always been. So it yeah. has to be okay instead of letting God's word challenge you and the way that you live. As a part of our reading this week, uh, we see a bright spot for Israel uh, in King Josiah, your namesake, I think. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And how, and he was made king very young as an eight year old. 
And then uh, when he's, I think it's around the age of 16, it's a few years after he's made king. And obviously he has people around him and uh, adults are speaking uh, speaking into that. But he begins to start these reforms because they, it says that the priest found the book of the law, mm-hmm. which one blows me away. How did they get to a point? How do you lose that? Like to where they, the, I mean, the the very thing that their their nation is founded upon, or or the very thing that that God gave them to help them become a community of people, right? Yeah, and a community who follow who followed them. How did it get lost? <laughs> and it has everything to do with what what we've been talking about. You know, this cycle that they were that yeah. they found themselves in. And the priests bring the law to the king. They bring this book to the king, and and he reads it. He has it read out loud, and uh, uh, said, "In that moment, they are they are overcome. You know, ripping the clothes. This this image of I am undone. Yeah, right. Because they they read the word of of the Lord and mm-hmm. were overcome with where they had where they had come to as a people." Yeah, they finally realize what they rejected, yep. where they're at, and the reality of like they're doomed yeah. for what they've done. Right. And what sticks out to me about this this whole story, as Josiah's having the word read, or he actually reads it, he reads it himself to to the people. It makes me think back to Deuteronomy, uh, where they had told the kings. Or God had said, hey, I know you're going to want kings. And when you have kings, this is what they need to do. Every king needs to write out the law, needs to copy it out and read it for himself. Yeah. And uh, it's like this point, finally, he does that. And none of the rest of them did. Yeah. Up to this point. And, uh, but at this point, I think as we were talking earlier, uh, you said, you know, God says it's it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Essentially, their rebellion had be had affected everything, mm-hmm. and and God said, "No, you've defiled the land. You've defiled my house. Yeah. You your cities are all messed up, and there will be he he blesses the people that he'll take away, and says, I'll bring you back. The people that live, he's, that's how many people were going to die and what was happening." Yeah. What he says that the he he's gonna blessed are the people that get taken away, because hmm. I will bring you back. Mm-hmm. And we have Jeremiah. We see his prophecy about how long this exile is, is gonna last. Yeah, um, it was seventy years, and um, you know once we get to that point, we'll see that yeah he he had the word of the Lord. He knew what he was talking about. Yeah, uh, which is is cool. Uh, what would you say, and and what you've been what you've been thinking through as, as you've been reading this or what's one thing we could share with folks to just say, in light of all this, this is how we need to approach scripture. This is how we need to, to read it. When we get to this point in the, in the biblical story, it's really uncomfortable. We don't like to see God's wrath. Mm. We don't like to see God's vengeance. We don't like to see that there's people that are repentant that still have to go into exile, that still receive a punishment for the things they've perpetuated. And I, and I would really encourage people to see God's consistency, 
to to look at the hundreds of years that he has been forgiving, has given second chances, and it and that the fact that he's giving wrath and destruction is because no one else is standing up for the poor and the powerless and the mistreated. In the words of Simon and Garfunkel, the sat upon, the spat upon, <laughs> and the ratted on. No one's standing up for them. And this is God standing up for them. That he's actually, his His wrath is also his mercy. Yeah. And sometimes it makes us uncomfortable mm-hmm. because we we don't get to see it in the way that we would like to see it. Right. We would much rather see everyone redeemed. But God's given us a choice. And and Israel's choice was they didn't want anything God had to offer them until the punishment was on their door. Yeah. They weren't truly repentant. And so I would just encourage people as you read this to see God's faithfulness and his promise as he as he actually is protecting the people who no one else is protecting anymore. How he gives a promise to those that go into exile that he'll return. He'll bring them back and it's it'll be the land they were meant to have. He talks about having a king who's just and from the line of David. He he doesn't even acknowledge like these people, yes, they're sons of David, but they aren't of the line of David. They aren't like David. And I'll bring one who is. Mm-hmm. And he is vengeful and he is wrathful because he can't let justice not be served. Yeah. And he can't not protect the hurt and the needy and the poor and the powerless. And you'll see that the people who get left in the land to cultivate it and turn it into Eden are the poor mm. and the needy. And so God's protecting them. Yeah. He's protecting the people that have no protector. And sometimes that looks like destruction to the majority because they won't repent. This isn't God's ideal, but this is God's compromise with human evil. And it's what the biblical story is fleshing out is how does a good God deal with bad people? Yeah. And then ultimately the way he answers that is through Christ, he gives himself yeah. up. Yeah, absolutely. For their, for their redemption. Yeah. Yeah. Hey man, thanks for hanging out with me. Absolutely. Today. And, uh, uh, actually as we record this, uh, today, it's your birthday. So happy birthday. Thank you. Hope you have a great day. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, we want to thank the River Community Church for sponsoring this podcast. And if you're in Cookville and looking for a church home, we'd love to invite you to come out and you can check out more about us at theriverCC.com. Thanks, and join us next time on The Word This Week.